0: To the Sacred Ordinary Days podcast. I'm Jen Giles Kemper, and you can find me at sacredordinarydays.com.
1: I'm Lacey Clark Elman of a Sacred For season one, we're journeying together through the liturgical year. So grab a cup of tea or coffee,
0: and join us at the table. Good morning, Lacey. Good morning, Jen. We are still in the season of Easter Tide, and this is our very last episode mm-hmm. of Easter Tide. In fact, I have been thinking that today was our last episode until the last episode, which we're going to record together. But in fact, we have two more: mm-hmm.
1: one on Ordinary Time, which we kind of visited a bit after Christmas and Epiphany, and then just a final, a final sending, mm-hmm. sending you off into your everyday's, and um, we'll actually be together. For For the first time, for the first time, because we've still not met in person, (laughs) have just been at the retreat, the Sacred Ordinary Days retreat. Yes, so I'm excited about that new dynamic, perhaps of being at the same table in person.
0: I am too. I've I've been um, seeing videos and photos of other folks recording their podcasts together. Every week. Um, specifically, <laughs> I know. Yeah, specifically the Hope Writers podcast. Emily and Mike Willen, mm-hmm. um their dad Gary and Brian Dixon um, have been posting about the Hope Writers podcast. And every time I see a picture of them sitting around the table in the Nestor's Barn, I get a little bit jealous that we have to do it by Skype, but mm-hmm. I'd rather do it with you by Skype than not at all. <laughs> True. But we're excited to be together in person. Speaking of the retreat, when you are listening to this episode, There will be two days left to register for the retreat. So the last day to register will be two weeks before the retreat starts. The retreat starts on uh, May 27th. And so the last day to register will be Friday, May the 13th. You can do that at sacredordinarydays.com. And the retreat ticket is in our shop. Lacey, tell me about you. What's been going on in your life?
1: It's been so hot here in Seattle. It, last summer we had a really unusually hot summer where it was 80s and even 90s, and that felt strange. And I think as a gardener, too, you really feel it because you have to water your plants so much each day because they just kind of flop. About midday when you can't do much about it,
0: but I we've love had, the eighties and nineties. Is really hot for you.
1: <laughs> well, I will say that I've come from Missouri, and so yes. I know humidity for sure. <laughs> so this, like, we don't have air conditioning in Seattle, so it's it's still pleasant. But mm-hmm. but I'm sad for my plants about it. Everyone else is just walking around saying, "What a beautiful day!" And I'm thinking, "I want some rain." <laughs> but anyway, all that to say is that we've had many of those days recently, like mm-hmm. throughout the entire month of April. So it's been exciting. And also hard for hard for plants, but also hard because you in Seattle, you know, it's going to go away. So if you've had a few Mm -hmm. good weeks of 70s, which would be perfect, or even even 80 and it's April or May, you kind of know that it's not going to last, That somewhere it's going to end. And so you've got to savor it, which I guess might be the theme of Easter Hmm. as well. So that's been the main stuff going on. For me, I know with Ordinary Time coming up, I'm going to have a few sales with my stuff at a sacredjourney.net. First, the Sacred Seasons calendar, which we've talked about throughout this this podcast, and where I um, drew a lot of my inspiration for these conversations with my research for this calendar, is going to be five dollars off now through Pentecost, May fifteenth, which is our subject for the day, mm-hmm. and so you can find that at a sacred journey dot net slash shop. And I think it's a, I'm doing the sale now. I could have done it any season, but I'm doing it now because it also has ordinary time, and so many people don't know what to do with ordinary time. It seems so plain, and yet I feel like we can make ordinary time extraordinary <laughs> if um, we have the the right intention. And so there's a description of the season invitations for practices, prompts for reflection, and I'd love to give anyone that resource. It'll be $5 off through Pentecost, and so it'll be through the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, It'll be $15, which is the cheapest I have ever offered it, so you definitely want to get this deal. And then the second thing I'm offering is the 31 Days to a Meaningful Morning course, which we've talked about a few times here as well, and I feel like ordinary time is the perfect Season to start a new tradition, a new ritual, especially as we are in the northern hemisphere starting the season of summer. It's a little mm-hmm. more light in the day, it might be easier to get up early in the morning. And so that will be on sale from May 16th through June 1st at, again, the lowest price I've ever offered it $20 instead of 30 So you can find that at a sacredjourney.net. And I would love to have you sign up and uh, join many others who have already made the commitment to have a more meaningful morning.
0: Yeah, we've had a number of folks in the Sacred Ordinary Days tribe go through that course and using Lacey's Sacred Seasons um, wall calendar. They are both so beautifully and thoughtfully put together, and I know that you will enjoy using them. Um if you want to see what they specifically with the Sacred Seasons calendar, you can also see it on Instagram. Lacey and I both post about it and Lacey is at a sacred journey. We're or Sacred Ordinary Days or I'm Jen Giles Kemper. Um and we'd love to connect with you on Instagram. That's actually how Lacey and I first connected. That's true. And so it'd be fun to connect with some of you there as well. Who knows what'll come of it? Who knows what'll come of it? <laughs> You know, we were just in Portland, Um, Hayley Grant our our, our whole team, so near to you, and you were busy doing other things. Mm -hmm. Um, We got together with several members of the Sacred Ordinary Days tribe, some of whom we connected with via the Facebook group. We said, we're going to be in Portland. Who wants to hang out? Um, Others, we said on Instagram, we're going to be in Portland. Who wants to hang out? And connected that way. Um, And that was so, so, so fun. It was fun
1: for me to watch, even the conversations of... Can you meet us at five or in the yeah. pictures when you finally met people?
0: <laughs> I think in the pictures of meeting um, folks in the tribe at Q Conference in Denver a couple weeks ago. And then also at um, several ice cream places in <laughs> Portland. Um In all of those pictures, Haley and I, specifically me, we look like we have been at a conference for several days. You can, like, see it on our faces, which was true. Um, And so I hesitated posting the pictures, and I thought, no, this has been such a special moment that my vanity really needs to go to the side. Because being together with our people in person, um, oh, my gosh, has just been such a gift Mm -hmm. and has gotten me – Every time, even more and more excited about gathering together for the retreat, Um, which, as we said, you've got two more days to um, get a ticket and join us. We also have just released the academic edition of The Planner, and during the pre-sale period, it is um, $5 off the normal price. And we have several really awesome shipping options that will save you some money, Um, and i I'm really excited about that. We did not really know what to expect for this reception uh, with this launch, but we've already sold a hundred planners, which maybe doesn't sound like a lot to some people, but um, I'm so grateful that a that hundred people have already entrusted us and um, are helping us pay for the, <laughs> for the print run, even as it's going right now by placing their pre-order. So you can do that at sacredordinarydays.com. Okay, so today we are talking about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. We're still in the season of Eastertide, and we're getting ready to mark this really special holy day, which is going to transition us into a whole new season. So Lacey, tell us about Pentecost.
1: Well, Pentecost this year, we've talked about Easter being a movable feast. And so Pentecost, because it's the 50th day of Eastertide, the final day, it is also movable as well. And this year it's May 15th. It's the seventh Sunday after Easter, which I love the, just the number seven being Mm -hmm. in there and 10 days after Ascension. And it is a feast day. It's one day and it greatly influences the season of ordinary time afterwards. So many traditions, they might even call it the season of Pentecost, but the, the literature um, as they're counting the Sundays, uh, it says the first Sunday after Pentecost, the second Sunday after Pentecost, and so on. So even though it's ordinary time, the Feast of Pentecost greatly impacts how that time is marked because in a way it's ascending. Of course, we know mm-hmm. um, the biblical story, how it, the Holy Spirit is given, and so it sends us in a way into the world, especially after receiving the Great Commission. And so we mark a, that each It's the year.
0: birthday of the church.
1: Yes, definitely. It is the birthday of the church, which whenever I was learning that in my research gave me kind of exciting ideas of ways to mark that too. Hmm. As a tradition, especially with kids, I think, to have a, a birthday party. Any excuse yeah. to, to eat cake and have some, <laughs> some fire, some candles. The color is red, and it symbolizes the fire of the Holy Spirit. And one of the most common traditions is for congregations to wear red, which I think is just—it reminds me of school, like spirit colors or things like that.
0: And so, Oh, I hadn't made that connection. Yeah. Yet. You kind of have, like, Spirit Day or uh-huh. its its It's—well,
1: and, like, not everyone does it. Sometimes it's not a big announcement or something. So if I'm, like, wearing—or, like, maybe Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day, if you're wearing green or red or something— You're kind of like, oh, that person. I know why they're (laughs) Uh wearing red. So
0: you feel a connection. It's true. Kind of the same way that if someone's wearing black on Holy Week or white on Easter, Mm -hmm. you... Yeah, you feel like...
1: Your kindred spirit's right there. Yeah,
0: they get it. They're trying to get into Uh it. (laughs) Even more
1: so because we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Right. So Pentecost, the word is ancient Greek and actually means 50th day. And historically... It is a Jewish tradition. On the day of Pentecost, the Jews were gathered together for, if I'm saying this right, Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, which in ancient Greek, as I said, was known as Pentecost. This celebrated the day God gave the Torah to the Israelites at Mount Sinai, so something even in our Judeo-Christian tradition we know and can mark and remember. And in Christianity, this marks the giving of the Holy Spirit to the followers of Christ. And so I kind of love, as I learned what that meant in the Jewish tradition, what Pentecost marked in the Feast of Weeks, and knew already what it marked in the Christian tradition, I love that parallel, the Mm -hmm. giving of God's self to the people of God. And as you said, it's considered the birthday of the church. And so, of course... The leader of the themes is the Holy Spirit, who is the advocate, comforter, sacred guide, and an abiding presence. And it represents provision, outpouring, wind, breath, fire, all descriptions, metaphors for the Spirit, and calls us to remember our experience, think about the indwelling of God within us, reminds us of wisdom inspiration, and enthusiasm. Hmm. What's meaningful to you about Pentecost, Jen?
0: You know, as we've been talking about, I've been trying to live into this year and be present to each holy day and season Mm. um, with particular intention this year as we've been um, using the planner, which has helped so, so much. And as we have been sharing these days with the sacred ordinary days tribe and with each other here on the podcast and so i feel especially attuned to pentecost this year and i'm really aware of the fact that the ascension just happened jesus has gone up into heaven he he was crucified dead and buried and then was raised and walked around on the earth and has now gone up into heaven. Last week was Ascension and is alive at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And so I find myself in this in-between week with the disciples wondering, "Uh, what now? (laughs) Our leader is gone, but he promised not to leave us. Um, Mm -hmm. And... I think especially the fact that we are still in the season of Eastertide, that Pentecost actually is the last day of the season of Eastertide rather than the first day of the next season. Um, I'm, I'm playing with what that might mean for mm-hmm. the resurrection, the ascension, and Pentecost to all happen in the season yeah. of Easter. And then the next season is the season after Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's that's what ordinary time is. So when I think about, you know, the themes of Easter that we've been reflecting on, celebration, Sabbath, Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, it, it gives new meaning and new eyes for me to see the day mm-hmm. of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Um I also really love how it helps me picture more of the whole of the church. To hear scriptures read in so many different languages on the day of Pentecost, that's probably my favorite day of Pentecost thing. Um, our church doesn't do it every year, but often we will read the scripture about the Holy Spirit being sent to the people and them speaking in many different tongues and hearing and actually understanding one another um and so. Yeah, we'll have people speaking in lots of different languages reading this passage at the same time. And on the one hand, it is this complete cacophony of sound. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I have been one of the readers in German several years, um, and then hearing all these different languages, which sound like music to me, but I don't know what the Mm -hmm. words mean. um, Gosh, that has just been such a beautiful picture for me, especially – as many of us worship in churches that have a lot of people who look a lot like us and have similar experiences to us, mm-hmm. and we all speak the same language. Um, and so I think this this particular Sunday is a call to how that is not really a full picture yeah, of the, the church difference. and how mm-hmm. we might become churches with more languages and yeah. more variety of experience and education and race and, well and as um, you're describing that, I'm not only thinking about
1: churches that share or have different beliefs, but also the different ways in which the spirit we each experience the Holy Spirit, yes,
0: which can sometimes sound like different languages. It absolutely can, yes, well, and even looking back at my own life and kind of remembering the different ways that I have experienced or would have said that I experienced the Holy Spirit um at different times and ages and seasons in my life. This is such a great a, a great time to pause and remember that and celebrate mm-hmm. that and then look forward afresh as well. And I'm, you know, this it just really intrigues me all the different ways that the Holy Spirit is present and active in scripture, starting with Pentecost and moving forward um, and all the different ways that you see the result of the Holy Spirit acting in a person's life, a church's life, a country's life, you know, Mm. Um, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, And I think it also just reminds me to continue to cultivate a posture of presence and attentiveness, and then both humility and bo- boldness toward the spirit. Mm. Um, I think it's it's really easy to have either humility towards the, the spirit or boldness um, in response to the spirit, but it's hard to have both. Um, mm. So that's mm. that's my prayer for for me and and for us that we would hold that posture, and and then act accordingly. <laughs> what about you?
1: Well, as you've already been talking about, I think I'm too drawn to the emphasis of the Holy Spirit and the symbolism that surrounds that day. I grew up in a tradition that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. very much. That was reserved for the people down the street. <laughs> and I, I mean, what I remember... Most distinctly is we were taught that you received the Holy Spirit when you were baptized and that was about all that was said about the Holy Spirit unless we came across a mention, a shout out in the the New Testament or something like that.
0: Which I think is one of the reasons that I love that the Holy Spirit is associated with red in the liturgical tradition. Because mm. growing up, I always associated the Holy Spirit with white. Yeah. And, you know, because in our baptistry, growing up, there was a white dove, right, mm-hmm. representing the Spirit. Um, and so I always think of, ha- have always thought of the Holy Spirit as white. And when you think of it as being red, that just Fiery, a bit changes wild. things. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Changes the personality. And, I mean, that shows how much even color or other things that shape our experience and how mm-hmm. how this new introduction can open us up to new possibilities. And, of course, whenever I, I went to Uganda, I think I've talked about going to Uganda here a bit. I did a gap year program in Uganda after graduating college and was around more Pentecostal traditions there as well as the people who joined me on the gap year program. I It was new to me that there was this baptism of the Holy Spirit and that mm-hmm. someone we were talking about like our faith journeys and this person when as we were preparing for a journey said you know when were you baptized and I was like well right right here where I marked down already and she was like no <laughs> baptized in the Holy Spirit and so that shook me up a bit because you know I didn't have this known experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit as she described it and yet I was confident of this abiding presence that was deeper in words that I had felt for so long and so that turned my world a bit upside down and I felt very vulnerable in -hmm. this place of realizing learning to value my experience and trust my experience but also learning that others had a different experience as well and I think that's it reminds me too of all those languages you said you know Mm -hmm. not only the language that's commonly associated with the spirit of speaking in tongues, but just the different languages of the world all being spoken at once, that there's room for all of it. I almost imagine the spirit as an umbrella Hmm. over a white or red (laughs) or um, glowing umbrella over all of that. And so that shook my world up a bit, but I came out better for it. I feel like I've come since to learn to trust my own experience and honor the uniqueness of others' experience. And I've come to, as we've already explored many times here, resonate most with a contemplative mystical spirituality. And I think the word mystical, I think even if you Google like mystical, it's always the haters that come up with the highest hits (laughs) or something like that. That scares people, but I looked it up for the sake of this podcast just to give people a fresh definition in it. It means indwelling, and we're already using this language. Already, it means union with the divine, uh, inspiration, which comes from inspirare, which means in spirit, in breath. And Christ Himself says that on that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you, and that's John seventeen twenty three. So that is that's union with God. That's that's mysticism. That's indwelling, and. Christ also describes the spirit as mysterious, which of course shares the root with mystical and experiential when he says that the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is with everyone born of the spirit, and so there's that that perhaps wild fire that red from john three eight and the spirit throughout even the Old Testament and into the new is described as breath, pneuma. The study of the Holy Spirit is called pneumatology, as wind, as fire, and what I especially love, we see it as a dove, certainly, but the Celtic Christian tradition uses the symbol of the wild goose, which I think shows again that wildness, that the honking maybe. <laughs> a little a little loud, a little prodding. And yet also there's this rhythm too and so it opens up New possibilities for your experience of the spirit and understanding of the spirit to know that it is wild and unknown, and
0: yet there is there's rhythm to it, and it is knowable. Yes, um, yes, as well. Mm-hmm. It is both unknown and un- and knowable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and so the both unknown um, of where the spirit might lead and take you, and knowable, and the emphasis, and this is from the Celtic Christian tradition as well, that. It's very present in the as we enter ordinary time, the ordinary things of everyday life. That both and which is which is how we want God to be, isn't it?
0: Yes, in both the big and and the little. I think what what many of us long for and pray for and are hungry for, um, and what we miss so easily.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: feel like. As
1: I've grown in my own understanding then of Holy Spirit and spirituality, I think this is really, and I, in fact, I didn't realize this until I sat down to write um, down a few notes for this, this recording, that this is the path, um, this journey with the Holy Spirit has led me to spiritual direction, both for myself receiving it and offering it to others. Spiritual direction is listening to the movement of the spirit in your life and following that thread, that wild, and I I do, I I envision that thread as a red, Hmm. a red thread, uh, naming where God is showing up in your life and um, where the sacred guide is leading. And so something that I know in my own education of spiritual direction that was always emphasized is that even though it's called spiritual direction and I'm called the director, I'm not directing the conversation. It's spirit directed and we Light a candle to remind us of that. Or some people have a third chair as a reminder that the spirit is in the room. And the question then of spiritual direction becomes prayer. It's a practice of prayer. Where
0: are you leading me? So to go off script a bit, Lacey, I'm curious, what have been some touchstones for how you have experienced spirit? Hmm. Yeah.
1: I feel like one of my greatest touchstones throughout my life has been a, a sense of intuition even hmm. um, as I have followed my path when there's been a deep burn. And here's, here's all that language again, that deep burning, that deep desire within almost reminds me of... Um, that passage when Jesus appears to the people on the road after he rises from the dead and he's, they say, you know, our heart was burning within us and so I think those have been my greatest touchstones of um, having the faith to follow the path and whichever way it turns, and it turns and it changes, and so those check-ins and I think also the more, and that that feels more contemplative to me. It shows me mm. that my experience is more contemplative because I, you know, haven't witnessed great healing. I've I've witnessed people speak in tongues and have had them spoken over me, words of prophecy spoken over me. Um, but I haven't, I haven't done that so overtly myself. And so, um, I think as I mentioned, the abiding presence. The sense of intuition and um, the beautiful world of metaphor, nature does that for me. Archetypes help align me, I think, to that sacred thread and mm. and lead me on the journey. What about yeah. you?
0: I think at two opposite ends of of a spectrum, I have felt spirit when I. When I find I am most to myself, mm-hmm. um, when I first began to sense a call to ministry um, and had so many people calling that out and naming that for me um, until I could name it for myself, um, I what I finally was able to say was that when I preach and And I would say that this is true for me now and the work that I do um, here in the podcast and um, creating other resources for Christian spiritual formation like The Planner. Um, I feel the pleasure and presence of God most strongly Mm -hmm. when I'm doing Mm -hmm. these things as opposed to when I am doing other things. Um, And so when I am the most myself, um, I guess the way that I know I am most myself is when I feel a strong sense of presence mm-hmm. um of the spirit, and then kind of on the opposite end when i when I am moving towards health and wholeness mm. sort of shalom um, mm. but I am least what my natural personality <laughs> would be, that's also a time when I am very aware that this is an acting of the spirit. So, for Mm, example, um, I'm an eight, um, for those of you who um, do work with the Enneagram, and eights really like to be in control. (laughs) And that's not something I knew about myself until recently. I'm sure people who knew me well would have been aware of that. (laughs) I was not. And I think I'm pretty self-aware. So, But the times that I have been able to really joyfully relinquish control... Mm. That for me is a real sign of the spirit, not Mm. when I am the least my personality and I'm fighting it, but when I am the least my personality Mm. and I'm not fighting it. Um, And I want to be careful here because I think, I think this could be misinterpreted. I'm not, I'm not, I think the difference is my true self is a teacher and a communicator um these this is me being healthy, and who I was created to be mm-hmm. um but the part of me, the ego, my false self, that seeks control above all else, that is not me, and that's the part that the spirit helps me mm-hmm. shed mm-hmm. Um, so those are yeah those are kind of two touchstones that have been helpful for me. And I'm going to be doing some more, more reflecting. In fact, that's one of the ways that I'm going to be marking Pentecost this year, um, is committing to Sunday afternoon to really remember and write out how and when and where I have felt the movement of the Spirit. And then pausing to celebrate that, um, give thanks for that, and to recommit myself to a practice of daily silence, which I know, <laughs> is one of one of the places and yeah. ways that mm-hmm. I am most in the posture that I want to be towards the spirit, um, mm-hmm. humble, open, attentive, and that having those moments of silence, those hours of silence, sometimes days or weekends of silence, that is the place from which boldness Mm -hmm. grows to Mm -hmm. then respond to the spirit. Um, There is a, a daily devotional that I have subscribed to by email over the years called Inward Outward, and I love that it makes the point that the spirit needs to come inward and then go outward. Mm. Similarly, Richard Rohr's Center like for Action breath. Like breath. I love um, that. Yeah. But similarly, you know, Richard Rohr's Center for Action and Contemplation. Um, I think it's a good reminder yeah. that the spirit is not only for us. The spirit is for us to move through mm. us and move us back mm-hmm. outward, out of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um and then yeah, I'm also gonna mark Pentecost by wearing red, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. I think so I'm you gonna can wear No your fellow celebrant. <laughs> yep. And um I'm also I've been dressing down a little bit for church. I'm not gonna say a little bit. I've been dressing down for church more lately. Um more more jeans and shirts and fewer dresses. And I'm a dress wearing girl, so I'm gonna Get back to that true self. And dress up a little bit. Get uh-huh. back to the true self. Heels, there will be red. Um, <laughs> and go there.
1: Yeah, as How you about, were describing yeah. that getting back in touch, I think, that touchstone of the true self and that being a way to know that you are connected with the spirit. It reminded me, too, I know I've mentioned the word alignment, but I also like the word calibrate recalibrate and then
0: Mm.
1: and design I learned that through my study of graphic design and just screens different screens have different colors and so if you print something out it might not be the same color as on the screen or whatever so when you're trying to assure that you're designing in the color that you want the tone that you want um there's some sort of machine that I've never been able to afford that (laughs) recalibrates your screen um to what it is, to its authentic color, to what it's meant to be. And that's, as you were saying those words, I was thinking of that, um, those times of silence as recalibration. Mm-hmm. So that then, as the time end, ends, you go out into the world, as you said, freshly recalibrated, ready to to serve, to be,
0: to bear witness in your whole whole self. I love that. And, you know, for our planner, for the pieces that we're printing, what we use to calibrate are PMS colors, Pantone colors. Mm -hmm. And so it's an external locust um, that we are, you know, aligning toward. Um, I wonder Mm -hmm. if there's some work to be done in considering what that might be for us spiritually. Um, Because I think a lot of us look for an external locust to calibrate toward, mm-hmm. um, whether it's um, a church tradition that you're a part of that says, if you have the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues or else. That's an external locust, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or oh,
1: this calendar, the liturgical calendar.
0: Yeah. Say more. What you mean about that?
1: Well, just as you were saying, something that a tradition, a framework, um, the framework might be a good way to describe it and help you identify others that That you know you experience—and that's a daily practice, too, in that silence. You know you experience God there, or you know it is the root of how you will come to experience God. Mm -hmm. And so this framework that you can come and trust and calibrate, too.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that— I think for me what has been helpful is to not have completely an external locust or completely an internal locust, mm-hmm. um, but a combination of the two. Yeah. And, I, and what I love about the liturgical calendar and the liturgical year is that it allows the space and the grace for both, that mm-hmm. you are both aligning externally with Scripture and with the tradition of the church Around the world, through many centuries, across denominations, mm. um, you know, beyond the personalities of a particular pastor or <laughs> denominational affiliation in some particular season, um, but that there's also space mm. and grace for you to hold up your own lens yes. and your own experience and um, make I it think, your own. Make your yeah.
1: own traditions. I love that we're we're saying this, and you know. We didn't have this plan necessarily, but as we're coming to an end with a few episodes left um, of exploring these seasons, because I hope that that's exactly what we've offered to others mm-hmm. is a way to both align yourself with a, an ancient framework and the invitation permission, whatever you want to call it, to bring yourself to that.
0: Mm-hmm. What's, what's a stronger word than invitation? Because or permission, because mm-hmm. one of the things that I've noticed in our Sacred Ordinary Days tribe, um, which I'm surprised by, this is not me. We have a lot of folks who are like, wait, I need permission to use the planner in this certain way or I need permission <laughs> to use the essentials workbook in a mm-hmm. certain way. So I'm wondering if there's a stronger word that we could even use. Um, stronger than invitation, stronger than permission. Um, I mean, I think I think this work demands. Mm-hmm. Requires yeah. that we make it our own; that we mm-hmm. enter fully in; yep. that we find the rhythms that work for us. Because the difference between someone who is culturally a person of faith, and by that I mean maybe you grew up in the Bible Belt, like, or maybe maybe you're a part of a family that has nominally yeah nominally mm-hmm. might be a better a better way to say that, but um, I think the difference between those people mm-hmm. and people that are really deep disciples and mm-hmm. allow themselves internally to be renewed and mm-hmm. reformed so that their external way of being in the world is also renewed and reformed um Gosh, that's such a huge yeah. difference.
1: Well, the word that. And it matters. Yeah. The word that came to mind as you were pondering what a stronger word might be was even the word grace, which seems such a light word and yet mm-hmm. so powerful that the grace to bring ourselves, that our, our whole self, our true self, mm. is invited. And as you said, I think dem- demanded, is required <laughs> of us to fully experience, to become immersed. Um, and that's where the the theme of baptism might come in, too, to become fully immersed.
0: I wonder if another practice that we could be playing with, um, and I'd love to hear from those of you who do play with this, tell us about it in the Facebook group, Um yeah, reflecting on what words you use and what images come to mind when you think of Pentecost and spirit, um, calling, discernment, um, and what of those have served you and not served you, what you're ready to to leave behind, mm. um, what you might want to take up, and um celebrating how you have experienced spirit before whether or not it's how you envision yourself experiencing it mm. um moving forward and and maybe using it for spirit is is a problem maybe maybe that's an indication of where my words create a world for me um mm-hmm. while I do think of spirit as personal I don't think of it yeah I think of it as an it <laughs> Um, so maybe that's an invitation for me to to do some yeah. work and some thinking.
1: Mm-hmm. I know that one of the things I like to ponder on Pentecost, and well, I think the challenge began there, was exploring the Spirit. It's it's kind of like an easier entry, I feel like, when you're talking about the femininity of um, the Trinity of hmm. God, the three in one, uh, the feminine presence. Of the spirit, though though the challenge there a lot of people have found great comfort in that and so even refer to the spirit as she and and that's as you said an exercise, a way of mm-hmm. stretching um, but I had a, a theology professor professor in graduate school who you know thought that was a great practice and also reminded us that there is neither male nor female in Christ the greater Christ and nor in, in God, even though even though the word father was often used, that was the system, that was the framework of of that culture, that tradition. And so that there's a masculine and feminine balance with each aspect of the Trinity. But mm-hmm. and that said, I think if it's a new practice for you, certainly the spirit is a great a great place to start. To see what happens within you. It's a, it's a, a playful thing. And if the spirit is anything. I would say the spirit has got to be playful. I
0: love that. Yep.
1: I uh, have just released some prayer beads to honor the sacred feminine, the feminine aspects of God. And it comes with prayers to, to stretch yourself, to open yourself up to that, that possibility. And so there's, I think people have resistance to it. And I think that's important to pay attention to Mm -hmm. what, what is that resistance telling you? And I know I heard a phrase once that if God is man, then man is God. And that, that was what really convicted me to to stretch out, to open myself up to a greater, more expansive experience of God in both masculine and feminine form, the yin and the yang. And so I encourage people to perhaps dip their toes in those waters for the Feast of Pentecost, that new language, which is what it really is, and um, because words offer.
0: create worlds,
1: it's true. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And so, words can be played with too. What um, what matters is what's beyond the words. And I'd love to offer up that resource, those prayer beads that you can find at a dot net slash shop, for for this next season. I also, you were talking about touchstones, I think. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you asked me about that or something, but the fruit of the Spirit right there for us in Galatians, I feel like our touchstones, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm sure we can all sing songs, maybe. I was That's exactly what I was going to
0: say, though, uh-huh. is that um, teaching Vacation Bible School— uh-huh. Um, several years ago and learning the song with the kids has been such a gift to me because there are times that I'm like, okay, where has the Spirit mm, shown mm-hmm. up in my life? And I can normally remember love, joy, and peace. And then I can normally get a couple more, but I can never get all of them until I learned the song. So mm-hmm. even well, I think, something like that might be yeah. a really good practice for Pentecost to learn a song that helps you or something like, that helps just you like learn. like the alphabet, right? Yeah, that, that helps you learn all the fruits of the, the Spirit.
1: And as you said, th- that's the very question that I think Pentecost can invite, is where do I experience this fruit in my life and to trust that that's a touchstone? I, I put down, whenever I was thinking about it, the word talisman, but then if you look it up in the dictionary, it's a little, it's a little <laughs> iffy. But I was thinking particularly of that, um, the movie Inception. Okay, and they, I think they call that a talisman, that top or something mm-hmm. like that, that lets them know like if they're in reality or if they're in a dream. And so... That's what I feel like, in the same way, these can be touchstones, which is a tamer term, that <laughs> let us know the presence of the Spirit in our life and to wonder how we can infuse, if you want to play, even a I I thought of infuse just as a word, but then when we're talking about fruit, we should <laughs> play with that a bit more. Infuse your life with more of the fruit of the Spirit. And not necessarily seeking to create it, but instead to find hmm. where it already is, where it can be made manifest.
0: So, Lacey, say a little bit more about what you mean when you say seeking to find it rather than seeking to create it, it mm. being fruit.
1: Well, I think just me personally, since we're talking Enneagram and being, <laughs> being a one and so productivity driven and um seeking to do things right it's easy for me to say okay I need to be more faithful I need to be more good or hmm. kind or this or that um, and start to use this as um, a book of r- rules rather yeah. than a yardstick that you align yourself to like we talked about a rule of life being and so I think to to a way to kind of enter through the back door is um to say, where am where do I exhibit most self-control?
0: Hmm. Where
1: do I experience most love, most joy, most peace and patience? And so to go through instead of like just trying to create this new thing that often might look like the way our institutions, our frameworks might see them, yeah. to go through that back door and see like where is you know, if I'm a person of faith, then the spirit is within me, guiding me, moving me. Where is that? Already. And so I think, too, then the words inspiration and enthusiasm become guideposts as well as we're thinking about the fruit of the spirit that's going through the back door. Inspiration, like I said before, means in breath and spirit. And so what inspires you when we're talking about where do you feel love, joy, etc.? Enthusiasm means in theos, in God. Um, so where is that fire burning within you? And these can serve as compasses for the journey, especially as you go through the back door. It reminds me of Rick Steves, Europe through the back door, <laughs> his guide, which uh, which he would say is a more authentic experience, as well, rather than this tour, this tourism. What we think we should do.
0: I love that and what what that reminds me of is something that we you know we've been saying all the time and that we built into the planner very intentionally although i honestly didn't realize that's what you're talking about is to start by noticing mm-hmm. and then after noticing then remember what posture it was that led to the yeah. fruit
1: i feel like that's that's um, following the thread
0: yeah, that, that first you fo- yeah, you follow the thread so that you can keep following the thread mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than um hunting looking everywhere for the thread or trying to spin a thread um that first first you look back.
1: Or as we've talked about many different experiences of the spirit thinking I know in my um in my time in Uganda daily I prayed to receive the gift of tongues. And mm-hmm. it and it didn't come and that's because i was surrounded in a world where i thought that that's what i should do that's what i should be if this i was being told by some voices that if the spirit wasn't within me like that's the first sign mm-hmm. and that was that was really difficult to both certainly um pray and to not receive but then also to wonder about my dive deep into my own experience and as we're saying, go through that back door. Follow the thread to say, wait, no, this is the presence of the Spirit within me, and it it will look different, but and should it will be it should, it will be true. It will be authentic. And so back to the language bit. You know, obviously the conversation about um, speaking in tongues is a primary one when we think about the Spirit, but. I love because because it is not a gift of of my own, I still cling to that language piece of this story by wondering what are the particular languages I speak you know I haven't mm-hmm. excelled in, in foreign languages very much in my life, and yet I speak the language of pilgrimage fluently, mm-hmm. you know learning I'm learning the language of contemplative spirituality, certainly of spiritual direction, I can speak the language of you know even interior design, or things, even those things that yeah. you might think Web don't design, matter. Graphic design, uh-huh. yeah. And so that is a way that we can connect with others. I think when we're thinking about the spirit, it's when I, the whole trinity comes into view. And the trinity, the essence of the trinity is relationship. It exists in relationship. And so in the same way, the languages that I speak, whether it's pilgrimage or Spanish, this is a way of spreading the message of of God, spreading the message of connecting with the Spirit, spreading the message with another who speaks the same language. And it's all about the relationship, that in-between, where I feel like God is experienced and transformation occurs, whether it's between another person or between us and
0: and the divine. I cannot wait to hear what the gift of of that particular language that you've just given us, Lacey, um, what that does for people. And so, I am going to make a special ask: Would you join us in the Facebook group if you haven't already? Um, there are almost eighteen hundred folks in the group, but I would say that it feels pretty intimate you get to know Mm, people mm -hmm. and start seeing the same names and voices pop up and um that's that's the feedback that i keep getting when i meet with people in person or um i'm having email correspondence with folks that they really feel like it's their people so um if you're listening to the podcast and still haven't joined us in the facebook group please do facebook.com slash groups slash sacred ordinary days tribe and this is specifically what I want you to share with us, if you would.
1: And I want to add that this conversation on language will continue in a way into our next episode. We're going to be talking about ordinary time, revisiting that a bit. But our theme for that episode will be vocation. Hmm. And the root of vocation comes from the word voice.
0: Hmm.
1: And so I'm excited to that this conversation somehow led into that and that we'll be able to explore that more deeply. So that said, too, if you've got questions about that, mention them in the Facebook group, and we'd love to bring them in to our
0: next conversation. Absolutely. So what is your message for the world? What languages do you speak? And how how are you spreading them and building relationships with other folks who speak those languages? And how might you... Want to do more of that? Um, can't wait to hear. So today, our benediction is from a book of prayers from the Revised Common Lectionary. The Consultation on Common Texts put it together for us, um, and we'll link to it. It has been a great resource for me personally, but if you're preparing worship, it would also be a great resource for you. Um. And so I'm going to pray a Pentecost prayer for us. Empowering God, you gave the church the abiding presence of your Holy Spirit. Look upon your church, your people today, and hear our prayers. Grant that gathered and directed by your spirit, we may confess Christ as Lord and combine our diverse gifts with a singular passion to continue the mission of the Spirit his mission in this world, her mission in this world, until we join in your eternal praise. Amen.
1: How do you celebrate Pentecost? What's your experience of the Holy Spirit? What has you on fire? Let us know in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash sacredordinarydaystribe or on social media using the hashtag sacredordinarydays. You'll hear from us again on Wednesday, May 25th, when we discuss ordinary time and vocation. To follow along, subscribe to the Sacred Ordinary Days podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. And if you're enjoying the show so far, we'd love for you to help us spread the word by leaving an iTunes review. For more resources on the liturgical calendar and spiritual formation, join me at asacredjourney.net sacredjourney.net and gin at sacred ordinary days.com.